Hey, my friend, welcome back to the show. I hope you're doing great today. It is Sunday afternoon, and it's a beautiful afternoon here in Nebraska, but this is Tuesdays with Tata. It's the only day of the week that's actually not the day it seems to be because you're hearing this on Tuesday or later. It's Tuesdays with Tata. I'm here with my main man, Dennis McDonald. And I've told you before, if you haven't heard a Tuesdays with Tata episode, you're in for a treat. Tata spent many years as a hospital chaplain, as a pastoral care minister at Oak Hills Church in San Antonio. That's where we actually met, was in the service of him calling on sick people at the hospital where I worked and prayed together many times for many of my patients and patients all over the place in San Antonio. And I knew him before I knew his daughter, Lisa. And Tata's just a minister of the word. He is a, a prayer warrior. He's got a flat spot on his knee that's worn out and it's going to need surgery because of all the years of praying he's done on that knee. And so today we're going to talk, uh, Tata has a message. He wants to talk about Peter and the time that Jesus got in his boat and started their relationship together and the time that Jesus told Peter that Satan was going to sift him like wheat. We're going to learn what that looks like. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5 and Luke chapter 22 today, and we're going to spend some time on the prayer wall. And we're going to do Tuesdays with Tata, and it's a special one. This is a good conversation. You're going to really enjoy it and get a lot out of it, and I think it's going to be helpful. It certainly was to me. Friend, it's, um, it's not every day that you get to spend some time with somebody like Dennis McDonald, and I'm grateful and honored that he's chosen to spend this time with us each week on Tuesdays with Tata. So you know what you need to do. If you want to change your life, you got to change your mind, and you got to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith, and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it, and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is, you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. All right, friends, we're back. We missed Tuesdays with Tata last week, but we got we got the man right here. Hey, Tata. Yes, how are you? I'm good. We're trying out a new... Uh, a new format. I wish we were videoing this, but we'll get that figured out soon for the YouTube channel. But we're sitting in our comfortable chairs, and we're connected with wireless microphones, so there's no headphones or any boom microphones in front of Tata. It's more comfortable, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I feel right at home. <laughs> we can look out the window and see the river, and, and we're facing each other and yeah. having a more comfortable conversation. So we're grateful for technology. The Rode Wireless Go 2 is what we're using. It's a a little two microphone and receiver set that I bought off of Sweetwater.com. Those aren't commercials. I'm just telling you in case you're interested. <laughs> I wish they were commercials. Sweetwater, if you want to sponsor the podcast, call me up. <laughs> so anyway, we're uh, we're glad to have you back, Tata. How's your knee feeling? Yeah, it's much better. Thank you. And we thank uh, Beth Maxey and many other listeners who wrote in to say they were praying for Tata while his knee was a little banged up. Right. Yeah, and the sad part of that is it's my praying knee. <laughs> well, it's your praying knee. That's what's wrong with it. You wore it out. 
gave it in the service of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. <laughs> he literally has a, a flat spot on that patella that's it, from all the times he's kneeled and prayed with people. It's mm. remarkable. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen that on somebody before, Tata. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you want to talk about today? Luke, Luke chapter 5, right? Yes. I'm going to... Um, by way of introduction, we're both reading, um, Lisa got us uh, each a leather-bound New Testament psalm and proverb, and I think it has Song of Solomon or, yeah, in it as well, um, a new translation called the Passion Translation, and it's uh, still fairly unfamiliar, but I love the way it reads, and so we're going to read from the Passion Translation this afternoon. And Tata has got some thoughts about Luke chapter 5. What do you got for us, Tata? Well, and let me, let me maybe continue with what you just said. Um, I, I've read several translations of the Bible, but I had never read the Passion. And I remember when you first started talking about the voice, and I read yeah. the voice, and I had a conversation with a, one of the teachers, a Latin teacher at Geneva School, about the voice. And he was amazed. So, but the Passion is... Uh, and I'm, I'm reading it, and I've, I've, read, I've read through Luke uh, chapter uh, already, and the reading the footnotes is almost as educational as reading the, the verses. But yep. it is astounding. But what, what came to me and what spoke to me so loudly was uh, uh, Peter. And, and I've thought about him before on other occasions, but uh, what, 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 I, what really gets me is in this, in this case where Jesus comes to, to Lake Galilee mm. and he's speaking to the crowds and there's so many people there that he, just, he, he looks and he sees some fishermen there. And yep. so he, he, got in, he stepped into Peter's, uh, Simon Peter's boat and asked him to push it off of the shore so he could speak to the crowd. That to me, that is, and that's the first encounter that we know about and when, when Peter met Jesus. Yeah. But no doubt he had heard about him. Of course. But today, yeah. that day, he heard Jesus speak. Yeah. And he looked in his eyes. Now, think about Simon Peter was a fisherman, and apparently it was a family business or a business of, of because other people are mentioned as his partners. Yep. They were all fishing together. Have you ever known any fishermen? Not professional ones. I have. Um, at one, at one, one time in my life, when I got out of service, I worked for a shrimp company for a time. And the, uh, the, the captains and fishermen on those boats. Now, and and I, I can't speak to all fishermen in, in, in a group, but they were not. They were, they were, they were kind of tough people. Yeah. And if you think about their way of life, they provided for their families work, doing that work, and it was hard work. Yeah. They, they fought the elements. They fought various, various other issues and problems. But think about Simon Peter has the Lord in his boat with him. And then later, uh, after, after Jesus fin- completes finish, uh, his speaking to the crowd, um, the... Um, he, Jesus asked him to, uh, to to cast his net to go out into the lake and cast his nets out. And Peter said, "We've fished all night." But then he says an interesting thing. Yeah, Master, if you say to do so, we will do it. 
And so they cast they cast the nets out, and they caught more fish. The boats were about to sink. They had to call other people to come help them to get the boats, to get the, all the fish back to the shore. And this had to be a, a profound miracle for Peter to witness and be a part of. That's right. And then Jesus said to him, follow me. I'll make you fishermen of men. Now that is, that, that, and what did Peter do? And what did, what did uh, James and John do? They left their boats. They left their nets. Yeah, they just went. They started following Jesus. And, and, and not, to, not to brush by that lightly, but think of all of the, the miracles that they witnessed and, and all of the interaction that Jesus Christ had with uh, the people as they went around the countryside. It was, it was stunning to me to think about being that close to Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Son of God. Wow. But and then later on we read and we we see in in, in, in Luke uh, twenty two where 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 the Lord says to Peter that Satan has obtained permission or requested uh, and who do we who else do we know that, that that had that same kind of encounter with Satan? Job. That's right. That's right. Uh, and because and but the only thing God said, well, you can you can have him, but just don't kill him. That's right. That that was that, that was big. You can test him, but don't kill him. Yeah. Uh, and so here we are. Jesus is sitting after. Think about all the things that had transpired, all of the healings, the miracles, the people that were raised from the dead, and all of those incidences that Peter observed and was a part of. Now we know we know in part that they did not understand. That's right. It had not been revealed to them. Uh, and their minds had not been prepared for what was going to take place. That's but right. P- Peter, Jesus said to Peter that Satan had asked for him, or in the, in the Passion Translation, had obtained permission. Yep. And he wanted to sift him like wheat. He wanted to, he wanted to take charge of him and cause him to fail. And Peter, of course, Peter being, and we know something about Peter, he was very boisterous. He was the first one to speak. He stood up. That's right. And he was very strong in his convictions. But he said he would not fail the Lord. Yeah, he was adamant that he wasn't going to deny Christ. That's right. But Jesus told him that before the, cro- the cock crew three times, or th- that he would die, deny him three times before mm-hmm. the cock crew. Crowed, rather. I'm sorry. And so here, so here, the, the point I'm trying to make is that here's a person that had been called by Jesus, had walked with Jesus, and followed Jesus, and said he, and Jesus himself said, "You will deny me." And he said, "No, I won't." But Jesus told him he would. And so what happened after Jesus was arrested? Uh, they were in the courtyard, and apparently they had a fire going. And so we assume that it was probably during winter time. It was cold yeah. weather, uh, and and Peter was there warming his hands. And and he and on three occasions, people accused him of knowing Jesus or being from Galilee, because mm-hmm. he had a Galilean accent. Yeah. And but Peter denied it, and then Peter heard the the, the rooster. The rooster crowed. How heartbroken that must have been. Oh, he was heartbroken. He went and wept bitterly. Yep. Because he remembered 
Now, how much time had transpired, I don't know. But he remembered what Jesus had said to him, that he would deny him. And so as we look at how, and and, then look at what Peter did after that, and Jesus was crucified, and you and every every Sunday morning you and I are sitting in here in the dark, and and, and it comes to mind that while it was still dark, yeah. the women went to the tomb. Yep, you said that every Sunday morning. And yep. the men, they were not there; they were hiding. Now they were afraid, of course, because a large contingency, apparently, a large contingency. I don't know how many people that were that was involved in that mob that came to arrest Jesus. And Judas kissed him on both cheeks, which yep. was not customary. That's right. And so he, he turned, Jesus was turned over to the mob. But anyway, back to Peter. <clears throat> so Peter, and so what we do is we look at him, and why does Jesus tell us all about Peter? Mm-hmm. Why? He wants us to know that he can use us. That's right. Like he did Peter. Because what did Peter go on to do? He preached the first sermon on the day of Pentecost. That's right. And uh, uh, we, we in, in, in looking at a calculation, there was about 120 people in the upper room who were praying, and they prayed for about 10 days. And Peter may have preached about five minutes. That's right. And 3,000 people received Christ. Sometimes we get that backwards. Yep. You preach for two hours and get five people. <laughs> <laughs> or, or we we pray for we pay for a hundred we pray for five minutes and then preach for hundred for ten days. But, yeah. any, but anyway, <laughs> the, the whole point is: look at Peter and look at us. Look at our lives. How? What would we would say? Maybe we would say the same thing Peter did. That he, I will not deny you. I will not. I will not turn my back on you. That's right. If you go to die, I will go to die. But he denied Jesus, and so there's all kinds of questions about that. How do we deny Jesus today? That's right. How do we? Sometimes we we ignore him. Sometimes we do not rely on him. Sometimes we don't seek him. Sometimes we don't even want to know who he is. That's right. Because we're human beings. We're subject to, what are we subject to? We're subject to sin. And the sin that plagued us then plagues us now. So we, we're, we're and, and, and one thing that, and I've said this before, but I'm always so thankful for, is that God remembers we are but dust. That's right. And I don't know if you've considered dust before. It's a very fine particle. Yep. But God remembers that. He remembers. You know, there's something to be, there's a, there's a point to be made in that where the, the before and after type of faith. So before Christ had been resurrected from the dead, Peter and the apostles were with him in, in the flesh. Yes. They saw him raise people from the dead. Yes. Friend, they saw him do miracles. They, they saw, they had, they were casting out demons. They, right. they had power and they knew him. They had relationship and they had, they had presence with him. Yes. And I think all of us think, gosh, if I had been there with him, I never would have denied That's him. That's right. But here's the thing. Jesus knew that Peter was just a man. That's right. Just the same as you and I. Yes. Nothing different about him except he knew the Lord That's face right. to face. But when he was under pressure, he failed. That's right. And so 
Jesus obviously had compassion on him and, and nourished, nourished him back to spiritual health and went and took care of him and all that. But after Jesus was raised from the dead, after Pentecost, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, mm. they became very different men. Yes. Because these guys who were cowards, who were hiding on the night that Jesus went to the, to the cross and they were denying him and they were in, in terror and the women went to the tomb but the men didn't. <laughs> These guys now had the Holy Spirit inside them and, and just as Jesus had said in the book of John, Jesus told us, it's going to be better for you when I'm gone because That's then right. the Spirit will come and live That's inside right. you That's right. and he'll remind you of the things I've taught. He was not just, I, I would disagree with those who interpret that as saying that Jesus is only giving spiritual power to the apostles. That's not in the scripture. It's not said anywhere. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible great... This is uh, Ephesians 1.19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Not a subset of them. For us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Listen, friend, the difference between Peter pre- and post-resurrection mm-hmm. of Christ was the Spirit of God living inside That's him. Right. And you have it too That's right. if you've called on him. That's right. That's the difference. That's right. So yeah, Satan sifted them like wheat and they failed in their flesh. Mm-hmm. But after they had the Holy Spirit, yeah. these guys took the world by storm. That's right. But think about this. You said You, you made the point. Peter, Peter failed, and he deserted Jesus. But what did he do? He came back. He came back. He came back. So what is the lesson for us? Come back. Come back. No matter how badly we fail or how badly we feel about ourselves. That's right. It, 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 you can still come back. That's right. You can always come back. And that power that's within you won't fail you. Our flesh will fail, but God's power will not. And so if we always remember that He's there, and He's always there to counsel us, to help us, to remind us of truth, to call us back, to, to right. activate our conscience, yeah. He's there. This is not, um, we don't have the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit that we receive when we accept Christ is not some stripped down subversion of what the apostles had. No. Paul says it's the same power. The same mighty power right. that raised Christ from the dead. That's right. So now we can argue all day long about spiritual gifts and all those things, and I'm not a charismatic person at all. But we have resurrection power within us because Paul said we do. That's right. And if you look further down the road uh, in Peter's life, Paul said he had to, the Apostle Paul said he had to withstand Peter to his face yep. because he was showing favoritism to the Jewish people. That's right. And Jesus came to save us all. That's right. So having that resurrection power doesn't make you flawless. That's right. It doesn't make you always right. It just gives you the power to get through this life. And Peter, in the end, martyred him, was martyred for his faith. And and, and tradition says that he he, he made the statement that he was not worthy to be crucified like Christ. So they crucified him upside down. That's right. That's the the tradition. So I think that's, um, that's an important point that, you know, being saved doesn't mean that we're some kind of superhumans. It means we're forgiven. That's right. It means we're filled with the the resurrection power. It means we're washed in the blood. It means that he has a relationship with us that gives us sustainability in the hard parts of this life. In some faiths, it's taught. Oh, hello, Lewis. The the original... Lewis is making an appearance on the podcast here. Hi, Lewis. (laughs) The original sin. That's right. Um, And who knows... Um, 
because I don't. I, I, <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Lewis left. He yeah. left our presence. But speaking for myself, um, I, I, I have clay feet. I sin all the time. Yep. Um, I, and do I get uh, anxious and, and concerned and uh, allow, allow things to creep back in my heart that shouldn't be there? Absolutely. But what do we have? We can, we can ask God. And, and what does Jesus do? He always intercedes for us. That's right. Always. Not just sometimes. Always. He always does. He's on our side. And that's why I'm so thankful to be able to call him my brother. That's right. Me too. That's a good conversation, Tata. Interesting that what you said, now Peter and the, he was Simon. I mean, he'd been around Jesus before that event in the boat um, at his mother-in-law's house and all that. But he, he calls him master from yes, the time yes. he walks into the boat. He submits yes. to his authority. So somehow he knows Jesus. Lewis is back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lewis. So he he's, he recognizes who Jesus is, That's right. and he knows he's he's to submit to him, and yet he still doesn't get it right all the time, and it neither do we. Sound like us? Sounds just like us. You know, I have one final thought. I was thinking about what Jesus said to Peter in, in Luke twenty-two, um, thirty-one and thirty-two. We mentioned before about in the Passion. It reads like this: Peter, my dear friend. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Satan has obtained permission to come and sift you all like wheat and test your faith. But I have prayed for you, Peter, that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes. Remember this, after you have turned back to me and have been restored, make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brother's Mm -hmm. friend. I don't exactly know, I'm not a wheat farmer, but I, I don't exactly know what the process of sifting wheat looks like. But I feel like 2020 and 2021 have been a sifting process Amen. for almost all of us. That's right. Next week, we're going to talk to a dear friend and brother who's a pastor in Alabama, Arthur Moy. And Arthur has been sifted like wheat for two years. They've lost, I've lost count. He's going to talk to us about it next week. But it, it feels like it's five or six first degree family members to COVID in the last two years. Mm. Um, and, and this is a family that has been just singular, almost singled out, it feels like, to have been just crushed by the events of the last mm-hmm. two years. And, and from my perspective, you know, losing a son, I don't know how much closer you could feel like you were getting sifted, <laughs> but you've been through it <laughs> too right. and with two, two children. And, and, and I just want to point this out. So Jesus says to Peter, this is going to happen. That's right. You're going to get sifted. And I'm praying for you, and you're going to come back. And when you do, I have one job for you. That's right. Strengthen your brothers. That's right. And so, friend, I would just say, Victor Frankl said, suffering ceases to be suffering when it is given purpose. That's That's a paraphrase. But the idea is that you can endure anything if you can find a purpose to wrap it in. That's right. And so I would just encourage you, if you're in the middle of that sifting process, if you're coming through it on the other Mm -hmm. side... Use that pain and use that survival 
to help other people who are a little bit further behind you in that process. That's right. And that will be a great way to do what, Tata? Start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmb.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.